the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. between Speedo Swimwear, Fried Chicken, and Central Europe? That is the question we will be launching our podcast today with none other than my good friend and co-host, former White House colleague, uh, Boris Epstein. We call him the Baron, and this is episode 57 of the Battle for 1600. Baron, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. And I'm, I'm livened up by that pre-show we just had. We <laughs> that went, pre-show? Well, we could have, should have had the mics on. How did it, it begin? Was it was you in your Speedos. I don't know. No, some crazy no, no. vision. Hold on. Let's be honest. No fake this news. A, no fake news. This is fake news free zone. <laughs> fake news free zone, okay? It wasn't about me and my Speedos. Only one of us was forced by his significant other, the love of his life, his wife, to give up wearing Speedos. And it wasn't me. It's true. <laughs> It's true. I have to say, guys, I was born in England, okay, to Hungarian parents. After the fall of the Berlin Wall, I went to live in the newly liberated land of my forefathers, 15 years in post-communist Hungary. And for me, you only swim in Speedos. And shorts should be, crazy idea, short. So if you're wearing shorts, if they're past your knees, they're pants. But what happened? I came here. I'm now an American, and my speedos are illegal. Come on, Boris. Well, I'm not sure <laughs> if they're illegal, but they're definitely banned. They're censored. They're but censored. You, but you, you can relate, can't you? You're a European. You're a man of the world. Before we came to this country, when I was a kid, as I was I, when I was 11, I had no idea that you could wear that men wear anything, but. You know, but speedos. speedos to pay. Yeah, but speedos. But I will tell you, though, you know, as neither you nor I, let's put it this way, have the Brad Pitt built, you know, with respect, with respect. You're a very but, handsome man. But it's, it's the, not the point. It's the haircut not the point. Looks, the haircut looks great. The haircut looks <laughs> thank great. You, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm, no, like, I'm liking the beard. The beard's coming back. I can right, see it. Coming back. Until coming your back. parents appear, it should grow as long as you can yeah, get but it. Then, but <laughs> I will tell you that I think the... The happy medium, not the huge, you know, straight out of Tommy Bahama swim trunks that are down to the ankles, but a nice, more tasteful, you know, swim short. I think it, okay, to me, I'll compromise. Nice uh, hey, look, I love I my like the pocket. I love my banana hammocks, but I will compromise. the The longest I will go, okay, is Thomas Magnum. Okay, Magnum PI shorts. Four inches long tops. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's my limit. A man has to know his limits. 
What about James Bond right above the knee? No! No, that's that's post-colonial. Come on, guys. Can we live in the 20, 20th century, please? Can we like can we get it a little bit you know, above the knee, please? They're meant to be short. Short. I actually so hang on. I where was I? I was in a store somewhere. Or was I in the gym? No, I was in the gym. Was I in the gym? No, I was in the gun store. I was in the gun store. That's right. And I went in with longer. I'm sorry if I'm going to get, but this is important to me. This is a, this is a real neuralgic point for me. This is the main issue here. This is the stuff that culture is built upon. Western civilization, the length of your shorts. I was in a gun store, gun range, actually, and I had safari shorts on. So they're like Magnum PIs, but maybe two inches, maybe six inches. Okay, just real shorts, shorts. And a guy looked at me, and he's, point, he's, he's a complete stranger, and he said, what are you wearing? And I said, shorts. <laughs> what, come on, guys. When, what, when did this happen in America? I'm sorry, in the 1950s, you didn't have shorts past your knees. So my computer got so excited about your story <laughs> that it froze there for a little shot. Did we, are we good? Did we, we're good. Did we're we, good. We're good. We, we keep but a stranger, a stranger said my shorts are too short. Oh, we've lost the band again. Are you there? Yes, you are. I can see you moving. It, 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 My shorts were deemed... The deep state, the deep state, state doesn't excited. like this topic. They are sensitive. Unless they think shorts is code word for something. I don't know. Well, so here's what I will tell you. Okay. There's a lot of things I expected for us to talk about. <laughs> and there's a lot that I thought we would cover. You in a banana hammock was not one of them, okay? I that like... was not going to be one of my top picks. But that's why this is so fun. I like that's to live on the edge. I like episodes. to surprise you. Episode 57, I can still that's... surprise the Baron. I'm, I'm a, su- a surprise that, you know what, couldn't be happier surprise. Now, for those of you who have not had you mentioned in living in beautiful Hungary, post, post-communist Hungary, if you have not been to Budapest, yes. which for those who know anything, is two separate cities. Buddha and Pest, which 100 years ago was called what? Here's some trivia for you. What was Budapest called 100 years ago? It's a tough one. What was Buddha and Pest? I knew there was Buddha and Pest. I'm going to give up. What is it? Well, have one guess. If it's two cities called Buddha and Pest, and today it's Budapest, what do you think it was 100 years ago? Pest Buddha? Yes! No. Yes. Yes, they reversed yes. it. I got it. I got <laughs> He's, it. He yes. knows it. He's, the history is in his blood. It was. It's two cities. Buda, the beautiful hilly part with the villas. Yeah. Pest, the, the commercial uh, uh, flat part. And it was Pest, Buda first. They, and then they thought, no, that doesn't scan. Budapest, that sounds better. So they changed it. And it is. And actually, you know what? That makes sense. Because Pest is where, what is that beautiful cathedral? The, St. Stephen's. See, it's unbelievable, unbelievable. Total gothic, its, gothic cathedral, right. Just, just, you know, and then the gorgeous parliament, the House of Parliament, which is, but both are, the architecture is different from anywhere else you go. It's not like Paris. It's not like Moscow or St. Petersburg. It's not like anywhere you go. It has a little bit of that Magyar, obviously. You know, it, it's, it's eclectic. It's so much. It's very eclectic. And, and for any of you who have not been it's to that city. beautiful city on the Danube, Please go. The food is unbelievable. And you can wear Speedos. And if you want to wear a banana hammock to dinner, God bless you. In fact, okay? if you wear American shorts, they're going to like, tourist, tourist. 
If you want to blend in, get your speedos on. Get your speedos. Get some short shorts. <laughs> no, it's a beautiful place. There's an island on the Danube where Saint Margaret's Island. Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's 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 a truly wonderful place. To so those of you who haven't been, make sure you go. There's amazing history going back a long way. But also, I went to the caves, the World War II caves. Oh, you, you know. did? In the side of the mountain with the hospital, yeah. the military hospital yes. underneath? Wow. Yes. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm a history buff, World War II buff. Yeah. And, and obviously, as, as you know, we, we talk about the history of World War II and the armies. Go, it was just it was it fascinating to me to see it. And then how it was used after World War II, obviously, by, the, you know, the communists. And it, it was, it, it was oh. a, it really. A, and if you want. I mean, it's not exactly what people think of when they go on vacation. But if you want a glimpse of the heart of darkness. I think I know what you're going to say. Of, of really what we fight every single day, and that's the threat of socialism. You can visit um, number 60 Andrashi Boulevard, which is a beautiful villa on the main drag uh, of, of the city which was first the Arrow Cross fascist headquarters after the takeover by the Arrow Cross party. And then it became the head of the AVH, the communist secret police. And that's the building in the basement of which my father was tortured when he was first arrested. And today it is the most gruesome but the best historic testament to the evil of communism in that part of the world because they've reconstructed it as the house of terror. It is right. the history museum of the communist regime. In the, You see all kinds of different things on multiple levels. It's amazing how they took over, how they perverted the courts, how they stole the national economy. But in the basement, and I walked through it with my dad, they reconstructed the torture chambers. Uh, have you been there? I did. I went when I was there. It, 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 you know, so moving, so impactful, and it's on this beautiful boulevard with beautiful trees. It's, it's, it, you know, it's an uplifting, happy street. And you yeah. walk in, and it, it truly shocks you. So you went with your dad, who had been tortured there. That what was that experience like? I, I to this day, I mean, you know, God rest his soul, my mother's soul. I, it's one of the mysteries of of my family. I, I, I do not understand to this day. Not only how he could walk through that building with me, through the rooms where he had been physically and mentally tortured, but but how he functioned as one of the happiest men I know, one of the most resilient. I mean, I know why, I know how, I know that he was imprisoned with some of the creme de la creme of, of the, the Catholic Church, the Protestant Church, uh, priests, professionals, and it helped him keep his faith. And I know it was his, his belief in, in the Almighty Creator that kept him alive. And, and to this day, probably my most treasured possession is um, he had a toothbrush in prison that was made out of Bakelite, the, the, the protoplastic, and it was right. it was blue and, and white. So it was like two layers of, of, of plastic, blue and white. And in prison with a piece of glass, he scraped it. He, he was an artist. He was a sculptor and a painter, uh, became an architect. He, he fashioned a crucifix this big out of the toothpick with the cross being the blue part and the body of, 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 of Jesus being the white part. And he hid that from the secret police, having to swallow it at, at times. And his faith kept him alive. But how, I mean, I, look, I know, I know 
if they had done 1% to me of what they did to my father, two years in solitary, two years down a prison coal mine, I would either be dead or I would be a mental utter wreck for the rest of my life. He was not only one of the bravest men I've ever known, probably the bravest, he was a fun guy to be around. So it was quite an experience. If you guys, if you really, I, I didn't know we were going to talk about it. If you want a little bit of an insight, all, all of my books that I've written about my work in America, because I want to connect with people and explain to them why I do what I do, every book starts with just a prologue about what my parents went through. And whenever I meet anybody who's read, you know, Defeating Jihad or The War for America's Soul, the only only thing they ever want to talk about is my dad in those chapters. It's about personal. His, yeah, personal. people, and this is because of my wife. My wife said when I wrote my first book on Al-Qaeda, uh, she said, are you nuts? Nobody's going to read this unless they're wonks in the counterterrorism world. If you want to connect with the reader, you have to explain first why you are obsessively working on the totalitarian ideology of the jihadists and explain to them why for you that totalitarianism of the jihadists is very similar to the fascism and and the communism that your your parents lived through so explain to them your perspective and so i open every single book with a story about what my parents went through what my father experienced in prison so if, if you're interested you know go to our website seb gorka.com and, and you can get you can get the books and it's a it's it's really i mean i think it drives I think your family's experienced a large part of why, why you do what you do too, Boris. Absolutely. And, and my family's experience, you know, my grandfather fought against the Nazis for four years, uh, you know, on various fronts down on the Crimea front. He liberated uh, you know, Sevastopol and then uh, in the Baltics, but you know, pushing back against the scourge of Nazism. And, and war, my grandfather was a war hero. You know, had the medals, and I'm and I'm, I'm I'm proud to name my son after him. And then, you know, my parents and and my you know leading our family with my now elderly by then grandparents, my mom's mom, her dad passed away when she was young, sadly. But then my dad's parents taking us out of the rubbles of Russia and 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 into the promise of America, absolutely drives what I do. And but uh, you know, you know they didn't. Uh, you know the suffering that your dad went through, though, is just uh, you know is colossal, and uh, I'm I'm so thankful that that you talk about, it and I think it's 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 a lesson. And if you, another experience I had in Budapest, which has stuck with me, is this: you mentioned the the horrors of the Arrow Cross, uh, the monument with the, the shoes. shoes. The shoes. Explain, it's, describe, it's, describe it to our viewers. I think it's one of the most haunting testaments in the Shoah that I've ever seen. But go ahead. It is. It is. It's uh, it's a monument uh, on the Danube on the Pest side on, to the and by not far from the Parliament building. You can see it's right there, and it's just shoe. It, it's you know shoes made out of bronze or yes, made bronze. Out of metal, yeah. bronze that are that are uh, obviously locked in. You know they're locked into the pavement, and it's just you know it's you know shoes next to each other in in, in a row. Uh, and it's a commemoration to the Jews of, of Hungary and of Budapest who were murdered by the Arrow Cross and they were made to stand in front of the Danube tied up. And I think what every other one was pushed into the yeah. pushed into, into the, the river, into the river, to, into the river to drown and, and, and to 
never come back again. And then the horrors of the Holocaust, the Shoah, did, did is you, something that obviously I carry so so closely with me, and why I was honored to be a point person on Jewish outreach for the and not to type up, but to, uh, for President Trump because I believe he's been such a great fighter against anti-Semitism. But that oh, he's, the, mo- he's there, the most philo-Semitic president we've had since '48, and that's just a fact. Moving the, the embassy and everything else, and the Abraham Accords. Did you visit in the old ghetto? Did you visit the synagogue? I did. I did. The did large, you know? Do you know who paid for the renovation of the synagogue? I do not. It's, it's so it's beautiful, massive, massive synagogue massive. in the old ghetto with another incredible memorial with the the willow tree out of metal where each leaf has a name of somebody who died in uh, in I, the ghetto. I've got goosebumps uh, right now just remembering it. Yeah, and I brought I brought you know I brought back mementos and there's actually a synagogue in New York. Uh, I believe it's Midtown, uh, the Midtown synagogue, which is modeled exactly. Really. On, so on the, I think I know why, because the guy who paid for the renovation and the rebuilding of, of the synagogue, Tony Curtis. Oh, is that right? Tony Curtis was Curtis Tony. It means Tony the gardener, and his family is Hungarian. So the great actor I Tony have, Tony Curtis paid for the the rebuilding I of the Budapest know, synagogue. It yeah. is it is unbelievable. I've got pictures of myself in the synagogue, and the, I went with a close friend of mine, Adam Katz, who's also Jewish and uh, whose family relishes our, you know, our our religion and traditions. And you know, to experience that, to experience the ghetto, to experience the light of the synagogue, and also to take in, you know, the the as you said, harrowing. Um, memorial you know it, it, as a jewish person uh, it, it was it's something that's really stuck with me and it was momentous to me it was it was truly uh, it, you know truly a deep feeling it wasn't just oh you experience as a tourist right it was something that that, that was much more transcendent that's how that, it was much right. more transcendent than that because hunger really did experience all the worst of world war ii and the hungarian jews suffered really in some ways more than you you know the the jury in poland annihilated the jury in lithuania annihilated well the jury in hungary really was was was, uh, you know largely destroyed and you know and also it does tell you and i think you know you'll agree with and if you look at most of these if you look at the countries including you know the ukraine and, and and belarus in some ways definitely poland sadly lithuania the it's just so sad to realize like you know that the the it wasn't this is the German army, you know, the, 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 you know, they did the, their their dirty work, but a lot of the day to day was done by the the people who of the of the countries what, which what, which were invaded. I'm so you glad know? you so, said this because this this is exactly where 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 we hit upon the situation today in in America, and we look at that that Instagram post by Gina Carano. Which got her fired from Disney. They, they we knew we wanted they wanted to get rid of her because she's a conservative, and and I hate the conservatives who said, well, it was a it was a pretty cack handed, uh, unsubtle Instagram post. It was exactly right. It showed a picture of a Jewish woman half naked being chased through the streets, not by stormtroopers, not by the SS, but by her neighbors. And the Instagram post said it starts. Not with, you know, the death camps. It starts with the dehumanization of your fellow man, which is exactly what we are witnessing here in America with cancel culture. It sounds cute, cancel culture, but Gina Carano was on the money. The, the death camps didn't start in 1933 with Hitler's election. The death camps 
had to be prepared in society with the dehumanization of the other, whether it's the Jew, the Catholic, the mental handicapped, whoever it was, you had to create a culture where it was okay to treat the other as subhuman. And something that a lot of the countries of the Eastern Bloc, Poland specifically, really fight to forget, but I, but as long as I'm alive, I'm not going to allow that to happen, is if if you study Auschwitz and you study Birkenau and you study the, the concentration camps, most of the staffing was not German. Let's just be honest. And the same thing in Ukraine, Bobby Yar. It's a local community. Local communities, and if you look at the history of Eastern Europe, you look at the pogroms and you know the as the anti-Jew, the severe, horrible, overwhelming anti-Semitism. That's the reason we are in this country and left in 1991. And but anti-Jewish, anti-Catholic, as you said, anti, you know, hate of anything other than the some approved, base the, the approved whatever, you know, the approved, right, right. That's the danger. The toxification. Of your fellow man, of your neighbor, the feeling that because you know one is a conservative, they have horns. How's it different than saying if you're Jewish, you have horns? The insistence by, uh, you know, by members of the Senate, oh, I'm only going to vote for somebody if they're a minority. You know, white let, woman. Let, let, me, let me jump in here because there's one cut I want to, to share with all of those who are watching and listening. And I, 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 we didn't prepare any of this. We, don't, we didn't prepare the Speedos or anything else or the House of Terror. But, but this is the natural. This is what I wanted to talk about. So we have a cut that some might not realize why I'm mentioning it here. But for me, it's the most disturbing thing I've seen in a long time in America. So, Eric, can you play the cut uh, from uh, Senator Cruz, please? Please give dignity to the people. Please give dignity to the people. So you worked for the commissioner, your senior advisor. You were hired two weeks ago, and you're instructed to ask us to not have any pictures taken here. Please respect the people. Because the, the political rules. leadership at DHS does not want the American people to know it. Please respect the rules, You keep sir. standing in, in front of the pictures, so Please you don't want the, the pictures rules. taken. The rules are arbitrary, Please and they're designed the to keep the American the people, people in the dignity dark. and respect. That's all we ask. Dignity well, no, and not. respect. You're asking, is this please, dignity and respect? Look at these people. Please give dignity and pandemic. respect to the people. Let, let me ask you. you. There, there's a I pandemic. I respectfully ask you, sir. There is a pandemic. Is this respecting the rights of these I kids? I ask you. Please respect Are you respecting the, the rights of these this kids? This is not a zoo, sir. Please don't treat the people. You're right. And this is a dangerous place. Please don't treat the people like And your policies, like this. unfortunately, you, are trying to hide them. I understand you are instructed. When 18 I senators ask you came to down here, respect the people, give them dignity I respect, and respect them, and I want to fix this situation. We all want and to fix the administration this, you're working for is responsible anymore. for these conditions. Please respect the people with dignity okay. and respect. And sir. I ask you to respect the, the people as well. This I am respecting is not respect. you. I am respecting is, the people. This is not respect. I said it on my radio show, America First, and I stand by it. And I'm going to say it again. What we witnessed there, that flunky that apparatchnik from the White House sent to stop an elected senator see the truth was the attitude of the people who assisted the trains running on time to the death camps, who assisted the system in setting up the gulags, the the talking points. Dignity and respect. I'm going to repeat, dignity and respect a hundred times, the mindless droning. It's it's like the the Soviet concept of the Zampolit. She's a political officer. She couldn't give a shit, excuse my French, for the dignity and respect of the people piled like cordwood behind her, 20% of which at least have COVID. So for me, you know what? 
that was 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 shades of 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 the dark future we potentially face, Boris. It's horrible, scary, disgusting. I also think it may be unconstitutional. He's the senator from Texas, and I, and I believe he's in Texas. Yes, it's it's his. He's in his home state, so I'm not sure. Yeah, you know, they'll say, oh, it's federal, you know, federal ground, but they're in the state of Texas, uh, and and the senator from Texas, a federal elected official, should have every right to to inspect what's going on in his state because it impacts his state. It impacts his state because people go in and out of that facility. There's COVID in the facility, and and you know the. The balance and the interaction between seeing that, you know, apparatchik, as you called it, right? The it's like a robot, op- Boris. Had nothing to say. and But then looking behind her and seeing that is not a storage facility for Amazon. That is not, you know, that's, that, that is not, you know, some, uh, you know, place where this, you know, ShopRite is, is, is storing its fruits and vegetables and dry goods. Those are human beings. That you know that that's not a warehouse. Yeah. I mean, it looks like a warehouse, but those are human beings stacked back there, and they're alive. They're alive for now, and that is what Joe Biden and the Democrat Party did to them yes. by getting rid of our borders on day one. And then what they're doing to America by by making it impossible not to have something like it. Now, the fact that they're mishandling the situation is 100% obvious. They threw the borders open. They have no idea how, how to handle it. You got Pete Buttigieg as the transportation sector. You've got a bunch of no names, you know, as uh, you know, in, in charge of the big departments. There's no adults in the room, and Joe Biden is, you know, barely there. I mean, the video of him walking up the stairs this time with some bag and his raincoat and, and he couldn't even salute it was just it, it, it was absolutely disturbing there's no there's no one at the rudder we're rudderless and and this is what we have going on at our border and you know for those of you who think it has nothing to do with you every town's a border town in america yes because people are being sent all over this country people are losing jobs uh, the the health of the country is going to deteriorate because of the disaster at the border. And again, if you just turn your back, if you turn to the side and you pretend it's not happening, you are missing that this country is in deep trouble. And you know what? We're not even three months into the Biden administration. Yeah, this is the biggest. If it's le- this bad now, where's, where do you think it's going? Yeah, and this this, this will have to be the, the message we, we leave all our listeners and, and viewers with. We are 70 days in and it's getting worse as opposed to better. And exactly. our commitment, your commitment, everybody's commitment to the truth has to be even stronger than it was 70 days ago. 100%. Fight back. Stand strong. Be oh, Color within the lines. But we have to stand up for what America is. We cannot be controlled by these robots like the one you showed. We cannot allow our country to turn into Germany in 1933. And by the way... The spending of trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars is going to cause the same hyperinflation that the Weimar Republic of the 1920s experienced, and we all know how that ended. Yeah. So take it from us. Take it from someone like you whose father experienced the horrors of communism and, and who then – which was ushered in from, from Nazi control. 
Yeah. And from someone like me whose family ran away from the rubbles of the Soviet Union and whose forefathers and, and, and ancestors were killed in the Holocaust, take it from us. Do not, do not allow the extreme to take over. Stand strong. Fight for our country. It's up to us, guys. Listen to the Baron. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This has been episode 57 of the Battle for 1600. Spread the word. Send the link out. We'll write a review. And don't forget to tell others to subscribe as well. God bless you all. Follow the Baron at Boris underscore EP on Twitter. I'm Seb Gorka. And also on Instagram, Sebastian underscore Gorka and Boris underscore Epstein. Stay safe. God bless.